You're listening to the Australian Army Training and Doctrine Podcast. Welcome to this short series of podcasts on the Cove featuring experiences on the ground at the Warrant Officer and Non-Commissioned Officer Academy here at Canungra in Queensland. Today I'm joined by the Commanding Officer of Wonko Academy, Lieutenant Colonel Michael Scott. And in previous episodes in this series, we've been hearing from a number of instructors who work here at the Academy. And today we're going to be exploring what to expect if you have a posting to Wonko Academy as an instructor. So first of all, sir, could you just recap for us, how many courses do you offer here each year? Yeah, hi Sharon, certainly. There's 31 courses that are delivered each year by the Warren Officer and Non-Commissioned Officer Academy. 20 courses are delivered to private proficient, the subject one for corporal army courses. They're delivered in three locations around Australia. There's eight courses delivered in Gallipoli Barracks and Nogra in Brisbane. Eight courses that are delivered up in Laverack Barracks, uh, Townsville. And four courses that are delivered down in RAF Base Edinburgh in Adelaide. When we step up into the subject one for sergeant army courses, five six-week courses are delivered here at Kokoda Barracks in Canungra. And there's also five subject one for Warren Officer Army courses delivered again here at Kokoda Barracks in Canungra. And one regimental sergeant's major course that is delivered by the Warrant Training Team again here in Canungra. So given that you have 31 courses that you're offering annually, how many instructors are on the staff? There's a number of team members at various ranks. 65 sergeant instructors deliver instruction on the corporals and the sergeants courses in different wings around the academy. There's also 34 Warren Officers Class 2 in a combination of instructional and also training design and administration appointments around the academy. There's also 10 Warren Officer Class 1 appointments and those jobs will range from operations, Warren Officer Class 1, package masters in the various curriculum, senior instructors for the various courses and wings around the country, and of course, the Tier Bravo, the Regimental Sergeant Major of the Warren Officer and Non-Commissioned Officer Academy. So if someone does receive a posting to come to Wonko Academy, what are the benefits of receiving such a posting? I think there's really huge benefits and indeed some of the feeds we're getting from some of the senior appointment holders down at the Soldier Career Management Agency is that a posting to the Warrant Officer and Non-Commissioned Officer Academy is indeed looked on very favourably. I've previously spoken with my uh, my good friend, the Commanding Officer of the 1st Recruit Training Battalion. I'm very happy to concede the ground that the best instructional appointment for Army's corporals is as a recruit instructor down at the first training recruit training battalion. But I certainly see that employment as a sergeant instructor at the Warren Officer and Non-Commissioned Officer Academy is on equal footing to employment as a sergeant instructor down at the Royal Military College, or perhaps declaring my bias, it's actually more important working here. The other key sergeant instructor appointment, of course, is in our various core schools, which again is very important. When it comes to looking at more senior appointment holders, and we're talking now about Warren Officers Class 2 and Warren Officers Class 1, I'm very comfortable to have a bell curve of experiences, uh, newly promoted Y2s or also those post-trade employment or post-company sergeant major appointment 
woe-tos because that gives me a range of employment opportunities to look at the best fit. Some of the woe-to positions in the academy are more demanding than others and it gives the individual an opportunity to really demonstrate they've got real potential for promotion ahead of some of their peers. When we're talking about 34 Warren Officers Class 2, we understand that in the, the performance appraisal reporting requirement that Schema set, I as a senior assessing officer need to be able to look all of those 34 individuals in the eye and say there's a reason that I've rated you either one of 34 or 34 of 34. That gives a a great opportunity for the individual that seeks to broaden their career and to demonstrate their potential for future employment, to demonstrate their potential against peers in in similar roles. And for those Academy Y2s that feature in the top five or so the top third of the 34 Warren Officers, we disproportionately see those individuals go on to stick appointments to become regimental sergeants major or to those sought after trade roles or those overseas postings that people really desire. And of course, when we're looking up at the Warren officer class one rank, I'm blessed with experience from a number of senior team members across Army. All of my WO1s in 2017 uh, have been TRL for unit RSMs. They bring an incredible skill set and experience base to the academy. And there's a great opportunity for them again to look at demonstrating their talent, to demonstrating their skills, to work with the team members. And we're seeing that those that are outperforming their peers, uh, they feature very prominently in the tier progression for RSM from Alpha to Bravo. Let's look now at your lines of operation here at the Academy and and what people need to understand about those lines of operation if they're posted here. So first of all, turning to training, delivery, support and design, what would you like people to understand about that? Training, delivery, support and design is perhaps uh, officer words of saying delivering training to trainees on the courses. We train about 2,000 trainees in the Warren Officer and Non-Commissioned Officer Academy any given year. About 1,300 privates on the corporals course, about 400 to 450 sergeants, depending on some factors that vary from year to year. About 250 to 300 sergeants on the Warren Officer Class 2 course, and normally less than 50 WO2s on the Regimental Sergeants Major course. Turning to innovation and continual development, your second line of operation, what do people need to understand by that term? When I I came into the Warren Austin Non-Commissioned Officer Academy, I I brought with me a, a perspective that as a fundamental requirement, Army needs to achieve the mission today, but we need to invest in achieving the mission tomorrow. It makes no rational sense in our core businesses of preparing land forces for war, defending the nation and its interests. To be able to defeat an enemy today, if we're not resourcing for the future and we get our tail handed to us down the track. So I take a dual focus in my consideration of the challenges and opportunities of command, where I not only need to deliver army training to the best of our ability here and now, but we need to make that investment in tomorrow. If you will, we're flying a plane while in the process of not only building it, but upgrading it to a newer model. That gives some of the opportunities of the the challenge that my team members and I face here in the Warren Officer and Non-Commissioned Officer Academy, but it talks to the great potential for innovation and improvement, including bottom-up. This year in 2017, we were afforded a great opportunity to to trial and enhance the Subject 1 for Corporal Army Corps 
the subject one for Sergeant Army course, and we also supported the second division with their work on the subject one for Sergeant ARES, their modularised course. And while we had direction and guidance from very senior team members in Army and we were able to draw from the all-core soldier employment spec and a recently released policy document, the Instructor Handbook, there was a tremendous opportunity to embrace bottom-up reform and bottom-up improvement. And indeed, one of my key players in redesigning the Corporal's course this year was my tenured senior instructor, my most experienced Woe One, a guy by the name of Warren Officer Class 1, Dave Bromwich, who was given courage of looking at combining top-down direction and guidance from bottom-up innovation and improvement in order to then trial the course, to then analyse and evaluate it, to really improve training. So there's a real appetite for innovation, there's a real appetite for improvement. And I think that's one of the great saleable opportunities of the Warrant Officer and Non-Commissioned Officer Academy, that for those motivated sergeants, those motivated Warrant Officers Class 2, those motivated Wo1s, with your professional career of experiences and your desire to give back to trainees on our courses, I'm very interested to hear your ideas and assist in making good training even better into tomorrow. Your third line of operation, individual development, why is that important? I think that's very similar. Where we looked at innovation and continual improvement, that's almost a a corporate perspective where we're improving the business that we're doing here and now. But when it comes to preparing people for tomorrow, I also have a, a duty of care and a responsibility to insist my sergeant instructors in 2017 to grow and develop into better Wo2s, better Wo1s, and indeed Tier Bravo RSMs, if that's where their path takes them, in say 10 or 15 years' time. So I certainly want to suggest that we're not tremendously busy. Delivering the corporals, the sergeants, the warrant officers training has my instructors incredibly busy. But it's my duty as the commanding officer to find time in the battle rhythm for people to improve themselves. I think a great place to start is by understanding and appreciating their weaknesses and doing something about it. That may be a deficiency where someone's only done year 12 schooling, for example, where they'll be encouraged to undertake year 12 equivalents. A number of team members are um, undertaking university study. Individual development doesn't, of course, need to equal tertiary education. But it does, um, it certainly means a lot to about 30% of my team members at the moment in the academy. 30% of the academy are studying formal tertiary study part-time to assist them in not only doing better in their current job today, but competing more strongly in accordance with the trajectory that their, their career will take. And your fourth line of operation, messaging and engagement. And obviously this is one example of that through the Cove. Absolutely. The Academy has been very fortunate that at a time we have identified the, the need for the Cove, there was that group of, uh, of team members in Headquarters Forces Command that were, were working to demonstrate the, the potential and the opportunity that the Cove could present. The Academy was very involved in the development of the Cove and you would have seen the Soldiers' Fives and the podcasts that we've produced, been producing across the last uh, couple of years. That's based simply on the need that we have to connect people that need information with the relevant information. When we're talking about 1,300 trainees on the corporal's course, uh, a lot of them aren't literate on the Defence Restricted Network. We've seen, because we've analysed this, a lot of people have a DRN profile, 
but a good percentage is still mapped back to Kapuka, where they were originally allocated uh, their profile. The average digger that's a ASLAV driver, a tank crewman, a gun number, an infantryman, the only time they get on the DRN is, say, three times a year to fill in a leave app. Uh, that's what we're seeing when we're speaking to the team members. So we needed a mechanism to connect with the 1,300 trainees that would come in our courses outside of the Defence Restricted Network. And so that's where the COVE has been so important for us as an opportunity to, to make good better, to introduce innovative learning support material and connect it with the people that may draw from it. It's also a reason that the Academy is so heavily involved in Facebook and on Twitter because these are just mediums, they're just pipes to connect the information that we have to give with those people that may need the information. Of course, it's not just the trainees that uh, we're trying to connect with. It's also the leadership, including the commanding officers, the regimental sergeants major, but also at the lower level, the uh, the command teams of major, woe two, and also troop leader and troop sergeant that all have a different role in readying and preparing their team members to come onto courses delivered by the Warren Officer Non-Commissioned Officer Academy. Your fifth line of operation, corporate governance and accountability. What do instructors who will be coming to the academy into the future need to know about that? It's potentially more a function of the core sergeants major and more senior team members. There are a number of specified requirements that commanders, leaders and managers of all levels have in terms of ensuring appropriate corporate governance and accountability. That, of course, is uh, a sign of a healthy organisation and it's uh, accordingly reflected in the academy lines of effort. I would say that some of the team members will allocate upwards of 20% of their their total uh, time to maintaining certain responsibilities of their position. But indeed, that's just good practice. And finally, your sixth line of operation, community engagement. That's also an important part of life here at the Academy. Absolutely. Community engagement, uh, care of our wounded, injured, ill, and also the veterans. We're very fortunate to be headquartered on Kokoda Barracks, which incidentally is enjoying the 75th anniversary of the campaign to which this base is named in honour of, but also the 75th anniversary of the founding of the barracks. And as you spend time in either the officers or the sergeant's mess or you you look at the walls of the training facilities on Kokoda Barracks or indeed go for a run through the hills, you'll see that this is hallowed turf. There's a wonderful memorial grove uh, that was established by the Australian Army Training Team Vietnam. The Academy is very connected, not only from the Kokoda Barracks Kanungra perspective, but Academy instructors frequently are are, um, invited to present talks on Anzac Day on Remembrance Day. And indeed, we've had a number of really, really great feel-good stories where sergeant instructors or, or officers from the academy have been able to, to go to the, the schools of their kids and present, you know, turn up in uniform and you see the kids, they feel a million bucks, you know, they've had a parent in uniform that has often frequently deployed. This is an opportunity for mum or dad to come up to school, to tell them a bit about what service life is, to proudly display their medals and, and looking at the faces of the kids, uh, it's really a good news story. Of course, there's also a requirement to care for our wounded engine nil. And in one of my wings this year, uh, like many units uh, across Army, I've got about one third that have some challenges that have a uh, medical employment classification of three, four or five. Those team members receive ongoing support and indeed 
I think we have a, a duty of care for those that may transition from the force to make sure that they still feel part of the, the broader army family. And, and something that I've been really proud of in my time in the Warren Austin Non-Commissioned Officer Academy is that those team members that have, have separated in the last couple of years, uh, at the lower levels, people are still into contact with them. Just asking something as simple as, are you okay? Keeping your mates safe. And it's an opportunity that sergeants, warrant officers and also junior officers have just to make sure that we give that little more to some people that have given so much in service to their country. You've touched on a number of times through your overview of the lines of operation, the importance of innovation and the importance of moving ahead. For individuals who might be posted into the academy over the next year or so, what can they expect in terms of change management and perhaps that process of innovation and how it might affect the performance of their role? One of the realities of being an instructor, and I, I don't think it's specific to the Warren Austin Non-Commissioned Officer Academy, but perhaps an instructor in any of our institutions, is that uh, I'd like to challenge uh, the, the sergeant or the warrant officer that's coming in to be a better sergeant or a warrant officer than perhaps they've seen in the course that they attended maybe one, two, five or, or, or ten years ago. Some of the principles of how we deliver our courses and indeed the method with which we deliver it don't change. But if I can give a window into to one of the pressures that is on my shoulders as the commanding officer, I often have the message of putting more into the course but doing that in a shorter time period. So I'm, I'm really on the lookout to innovative ways that we can improve training. And some of the things that we've been able to do over the last couple of years is move gradually away from some of those less efficient methods of training where one sergeant instructor is at the front of a theatre full of trainees, say 72 strong, with a PowerPoint presentation where a lot of good information is being presented but most of it's going straight over the heads of all the people in the room. And so one of the things I've asked um, or I've challenged my team members is if you're delivering a certain part on a certain course, for example, it might be deliver army training on a corporal's course, what's the biggest problem at this point in time from your eyes and what are you going to do about it? And so that's something I challenged uh, a number of my team members early in 2016 and, and the result was really astounding. There was a number of Soldiers 5 that were developed by sergeants, by warrant officers, decentralised across the academy uh, and then uploaded onto the cove. And I, I just impress upon your listeners that something that was really significant in my professional development as I grew into my role of the commanding officer early last year I came across a young private soldier in my Brisbane wing and I asked her what she was up to and she said that she was back for a post-course retest on the corporal's course. And in the, in the process of, of talking with her for five minutes or so, it occurred that perhaps she's a, a visual learner, perhaps the way that we were teaching Deliver Army training, the, the assessment that she slipped up on wasn't appealing to how she may have best received the information. And and so a simple video of what right looked like, a five-minute like this, potentially do that, it provided a light bulb moment for that individual. And she said, sir, that's exactly what I'm seeking. And so that really galvanised in my mind that it was important to allocate time for my busy sergeants and busy warrant officers to think of ways that we can improve the instruction that we're delivering here and now into tomorrow. 
So innovation and forward thinking are very much part of your lines of operation here at Wonko Academy. But I understand these are all nested in a higher intent and direction. So can you provide an overview, perhaps, of some of the changes at the Academy across 2017 and 2018? Some of the feeds that the Academy was able to draw on was the all-core employment specification, which was released in 2017 that had been worked on by a number of team members and it was really championed by the Commandant of the Royal Military College and also the Director General of Personnel Army. And so that was one of the influences that led to the subsequent changes on courses in the Academy. Another was the release of the Instructor Handbook, which we were able to utilise to improve some of the lesson delivery and then assessment on the Deliver Army training components of both the Corporals and the Sergeants course. We also received direction and guidance from a number of senior leaders and indeed when we painted the picture situation in the the academy task board that governed the changes to the courses, we're able to draw on intense statements uh, from the Chief and RSM Army, also from Commander Forcom and Command Sergeant Major Forcom, through to Commandant uh, the Royal Military College and, of course, the Commandant of Land Warfare Centre. And where all of that top-down guidance and direction with policy met was also bottom-up innovation and enhancement where Academy senior instructors and those team members in their staff were given an opportunity to critically reflect upon, say, the last eight courses that they delivered in their certain wings and address those elements of the courses that needed to be tightened to make sure that we continue to deliver world-class promotion courses for privates through to WOTUs. So in closing, for people who are interested in coming to work here at Wonko Academy, what do they need to do next? Sharon, I think the first thing is uh, just to understand that it's it's pretty competitive to serve at the Warren Officer and Non-Commissioned Officer Academy. Uh, indeed, the feeds we received from the Soldier Career Management Agency is that uh, North Queensland Wing in particular, that is Laverack Barracks, was very hotly contested by the career managers at the Soldier Career Management Agency. And as a consequence, I'm in a very strong position that I've got full sergeants and full way two positions in that important wing. So that's one thing. Uh, Having that strong reporting background is really important. An instructor also needs a tick or a recommendation on their report uh, as to their suitability or highly suitability for employment as an instructor. And then, of course, there's two other people that need to be engaged with, the chain of command and also the Soldier Career Management Agency. Lieutenant Colonel Michael Scott, Commanding Officer of Wonko Academy at Canungra, thank you very much. For more podcasts in this series featuring the Academy, visit the Cove website. The address is www.cove.org.au. I'm Captain Sharon Maskeldare. Thank you for listening. This podcast is produced by the Australian Army and is copyright the Commonwealth of Australia.